0: And it reads On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about that's acts 1 verse 4 then we're going to drop down to verse 12 it says then the apostles returned to jerusalem from the hill called the mount of olives a sabbath day's walk from the city when they arrived they went upstairs to the room where they were staying those present were peter john James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering of about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scripture had to be fulfilled, in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in our ministry. With the payment he received for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this. So they called that field in their language, a keldama, that is, a field of blood. For said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms. May his place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in it. The word of God for the people of God. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. If I just must tag the text, it would be there's a shift In the upper room. There's a shift in the upper room. We're focusing on verses 12 through 16. Verse 12 through 16 clearly states, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying those present and you see the names then it says they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus with his brother then it said that Peter reminded them the 120, now earlier in the text, it said that there were 500. Now it's reduced to 120. Something happened. Where is everyone? The 120. Would you be a part of the 120? Or would you be a part of the ones that no one has mentioned anymore? It says that they were together In unity, right? For those of you who don't know, Acts, the book of Acts is the book of adoration, the book of confession, the book of thanksgiving, and the book of supplication. The book of adoration, the book of confession, the book of giving thanks, and the book of supplication. The book of Acts is also the account of the working of a sovereign God through his spirit by means of men and in spite of them to accomplish that of which men would never have conceived in ways they would never have imagined. 120 people in one room. And it says that it's an upper room, which means there's more than one level in this place. So in my infamizer maybe might be eight feet tall or whatever, but 120 people in one room. It didn't say that everyone was black, didn't say everyone was Caucasian, didn't say everyone was Hispanic, didn't say everyone was skinny didn't say everyone was large. didn't say everyone was financially stable. It didn't say that everyone did not have. It just said that there were 120 people in one room, in the upper room, on one accord. It doesn't even say what was going on in the lower level. But it does say that they were in the upper room. On one accord which means that there was order it says 120 people 120 people and you know I said earlier that I look at the numbers and 120 well that's 12 right they said that there were 11 disciples right but 12 12 is a number of order 12 is a number of government There were 120 people in one room, on one accord, ready to pray. Pray. There was a prayer meeting going on with the spirit of expectancy. The upper room, also known as the cynical, the Latin word is synaculum. The cynical means it's a dining room. And you know, growing up, everyone got together for fellowship and to dine together in the dining room. Right? In the dining room, that's where you talk it out. How was your day? What happened today? What's going on with you? How are you doing? Coming together, concerned about your loved ones in dining room well this is the upper room and again they're on one accord concerned right it didn't say that everyone looked alike it didn't say that no one was going through a situation but it did say that there was unity in the room there was faith in the room right and then we know that there's confession but there's also humility and there's also obedience in the upper room. The fact that they're in the upper room tells me that there's favor because they could have been in the lower room. But they went to the upper room because they were thinking greatness, right? On one, because at the end it says, I'm going to come back. He told them, he gave them instruction. Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem. Also, we don't know what the room looked like, right? Yes, it says that they had festivities in the room, and we know that the Last Supper was in the room, right? But in the midst of that, we know that there was some bloodshed, some olives were crushed, right? So, you know, it didn't smell too good, probably. But in the midst of it all, It didn't matter about the atmosphere because they knew that they had an assignment that they had to fulfill. So they knew that they couldn't leave. And they were determined that they were not going to leave. They were determined that they were going to see the end. They were determined that they were going to get the answer from the Lord. They were determined that they were going to work it out. amongst one another they were determined to be unified they were determined to fellowship they were determined not to be selfish but they were determined to be selfless something like us here at FMBC yes the place to be we say we are a family that loves Jesus we're a family that heals people We are a family that serves Baleo, and we're a family that builds the community. So because we love Jesus, and because we know that Jesus is a divine healer, and we say that we are his children, and he created us in his image, then that means that we have the power within us to do some of the same things that he did. But the thing about it is, we need to take the time to go into the upper room. If you don't take the time to go into the upper room, then that means you cannot hear what the Lord has to say. You cannot hear what your assignment is. You cannot understand what the need is, right? The purpose was that the Lord desired for the great commission to be fulfilled. Amen. Do you know what the great commission is? So if you don't, know what the Great Commission is. Let me help you. So the Great Commission says in Acts, no, Matthew 28. Go to Matthew 28. If you could put it up on the screen for me. Matthew 28. Hallelujah, Jesus. We're going to get this together because we are teaching and we are preaching today. And we need to have a clear understanding. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, this is the good part, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. He said, go. Go, ye therefore, and teach all nations. Well, you can't teach if you're not knowledgeable. You can't teach if you don't have a relationship. You can't teach if you don't take the time to go to the upper room. Where is your upper room? Is your upper room on the chat line? Is your upper room on Facebook? Is your upper room at home on the phone? Is your upper room on your job? Is your upper room amongst your family members? What's going on in your upper room? Are you really, really, really seeking the help that is needed? Are you really, really desiring to go higher in the Lord? Are you really, really desiring to serve the people of God? Are you truly desiring to help heal the people? Are you truly desiring to help serve Vallejo? Are you truly desiring to help build the community in the upper room? I'm at a place now that I'm grateful for what I have gone through in life because I recognize what I'm called to. But I would not recognize what I was called to if I didn't go through some struggles. I wouldn't recognize what I was called to. I wouldn't recognize my atmosphere of people. I told you earlier that I was at a place that I could not pray for myself. But there were others that reached out to pray for me. Many of you know I was in the state of Texas for 16 years. And I went through it. But had I not been in Texas for 16 years, had I not gone there, I wouldn't be able to be at the place that I am today. This physical abuse, the mental abuse, the emotional abuse, all types of abuse that you could think of, I went through it. Right? Fighting for my life. But I didn't say a mumbling word to anybody. But those who were connected to me that stayed in the upper room were praying for me, unbeknownst to me. And that's why I was able to survive. Because I had folk praying for me because I was connected to the right people. No, our upper room might not have been the same. But they had upper room. They had a prayer life. Then they had the heart for their sister, right? They knew something was going on with me even though I didn't say a word. But they were connected to me. We were in fellowship. We were on one accord. And it didn't say that we dotted every I and crossed every T and everything was right and perfect. No. But it was the love of Jesus that they had for me. And that's what got me through. I do not look back at anything that I've ever gone through in life as a negative. My testimony is out of everything that appears to be negative, I'm gonna pull the positive out of it. Yes, the struggle was real. Yes. The pain was real. Yes, the suffering was real. But it was the prayers of the people that I was connected to that got me to this place. (laughs) When you're next to the process of going through and maybe not having a place to stay. When you've given up everything because you thought you heard what the Lord said. But then, in the midst of me thinking, I heard what the Lord said. There were distractions around me. And so when you have distractions, it kind of throws you off course a little bit. Right? But again, the prayers of the ones who were connected to me got me back on course. I didn't even know it. What am I saying to you? It's important to have the right people connected to you that have the love of Jesus, that understand if you hurt, I'm hurting, right? And that if I need to call them at 2 o'clock in the morning, that they're not just going to look at that phone and turn their head and say it's about me. I had people connected to me that were selfless, my brother and my sister. they are brothers and sisters in the upper room here in the Word. Right? And the great commission needed to be fulfilled. So these people, that 120, that was in the room, was willing to give up what they were feeling. They were willing to come together on one accord because they had a goal. They had a purpose that needed to be fulfilled. Well, what about us? Are we in that place? Are we willing to give up some things? Are we willing to be transparent enough to say, yes, the struggle is real? Are we willing to be transparent enough to say, you know what? I lost my job. I lost my home. I lost my vehicle. Yes, I was married, but now I'm divorced. I have a failed marriage. Yes, I lost a child. Are you willing to be transparent? Or do you want to continue to band-aid it and cover it up? And act like you have it all together. Well, if you do that, then you can't help heal the people. You can't help set the captives free. You're not being a disciple. It didn't say that every disciple was just alike. It didn't say every disciple looked alike. It just said that they were disciples. And name them one by one. And then we look at Judas. It says, I knew you were going to betray me. But not one time in the word does it say that he turned against him. Not one time do you see in the word of God that he spoke ill of him. Not one time do you see that he backstabbed them, right? You let folks set themselves up for failure. You let the Lord handle it, right? Where there is unity there is strength. Whenever the Lord says peace, there'll be peace. But while you're seeking for that peace, you make sure that you're doing what the Lord has called for you to do. And that's come together and be on one accord with the same goal. And then I'm reminded of, and it really bothered me because it's a sad day. And this happened to me three times in the past week that someone said, are you real? Are you real? And I'm like, huh? They said, are you real? You just don't seem real. I said, what do you mean? Because you're always doing something for somebody. You're always there. Anytime somebody calls you, just, yes, I'm real. Yes, I love you doesn't necessarily, I don't have to love you just because you've been a long-time family member. But if I love God and he loves us, it says, for God so loved the world, right? And he loves us not contingent upon what we look like, what we're going through, what we're battling with, what our good marriages are, what our bad things. It does not matter. He loves us. And if we are his heirs, his children, then we ought be thinking the same way. We ought be living the same way. We ought be striving for the same thing, right? How can we say that we have faith if we're not put through our tests and trials? How can we say that God is a healer if we haven't been diagnosed with something that we're not too happy about? How can we say that God is a deliverer if we can't testify that I've been delivered from an addiction? We've all had an addiction, but we try to band-aid it. An addiction doesn't necessarily have to be drugs. An addiction doesn't necessarily have to be sex. An addiction doesn't necessarily have to be shopping. An addiction can be, I'm addicted to gossiping. I'm addicted to Facebook. I'm addicted to, what is it, catfish. I'm addicted to having to have someone with me. I'm codependent instead of independent. I have an addiction, and I need to be delivered. Who can help me? Who can I call on to pray for me? Who's in the upper room for me? Who's in the upper room? I declare and I've decreed and i made God a promise that because he brought me out, I promise I'm going to make sure that I'm available to help pull everyone else out of the pits that they're in. Because the struggles are real, but I can't pull them out if I keep saying all is well. I got it together. I've never suffered. No, I have suffered. And nine times out of ten, when you're going through something in life, it's not for you. It's for the other individual. So, yes, you see me when I enter the house of worship, or you see me online. You say, oh, she thinks she's cute. Oh, she all dressed up. Oh, she got together. No, I suffered. But in the midst of my suffering, there were people praying for me. There were people telling me, you can make it. There were people telling me, I love you, sister. There are people that tell me they love me and they just met me. Because we speak light, we speak love, we speak joy, we speak peace unto our brothers and our sisters. There's a sister that enters this house of worship every Sunday. Every Sunday. But before we came out of the pandemic here in the sanctuary she kept coming. She kept saying, I just want to pray. I just want to pray. She was one of them 120. She just wanted to pray. All she wanted to do was take a moment to come into the house of worship and pray to the Father. She didn't say what she wanted to pray for, but it was the obvious she had a relationship with the Lord. Because she was determined. And when she found out that she could not pray in here, she still went and stood and kneeled before the crosses out in front of the sanctuary on the outside. Because she had to pray. Now every Sunday, y'all see her? She don't care. She walk through the middle door, the side door, doesn't matter. She don't care what's going on. Because it's about her connection with the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. She doesn't care how you look at her. Is that what we're doing? Do we care when we need to raise up? We know that there's something that we need from the Lord. We know that there's something that our sister and our brother needs from the Lord. But do we take the time to just focus on him instead of focusing on our atmosphere, instead of focusing on being judgmental about what's going on and who's looking at me? I don't care about who's looking at me because I've got to get to my victory. My sister and my brother, I've got to help them get to their victory. How am I going to I'm going to do it by serving them. I'm going to do it by praying for them. I'm going to do it by loving on them. Nowhere in this text does it say that they were arguing. Nowhere in the text does it say that they were divided. It says that they were together on one accord with faith right without faith it is impossible to please the lord and they made sure that they did what they needed to do in order to be able to receive the just reward they were obedient people they were humble people is that you is that your testimony how many of you really need something from the lord Oh, nobody? Nobody needs anything from the Lord? Nobody needs some type of deliverance? Nobody needs some type of joy? Nobody needs a financial breakthrough? Nobody needs peace in this room? Funny, I had somebody say a couple of weeks ago, I don't need prayer. Really? Okay. At the end of the day, we'll see. Everybody needs prayer. Everybody needs to be delivered. Everybody needs to be healed. Everybody needs to be set free. But the thing about it is we need to love on one another. And be willing to serve. And be willing to pray for one another. Be willing to help our brothers and our sisters get to that next place. Be willing to be transparent at all costs. Because guess what? Nobody has a heaven or hell to put us in anyway. So you might as well be real about it. Again, I said earlier, we go through things in life, not for us, but for the next person. To help pull them out of the pit that they're in. Right? I say we all the time, there are three people, three levels of people that we need in our lives. Those that are less fortunate than us, those that are on the same level as us, and those that are higher than us. Why do we need those that are less fortunate? Because we need to be able to encourage those that are less fortunate and help them get to the next place. Give them some type of hope. Support them, do for them, provide for them, If you're blessed, you're blessed to be a blessing to someone else. Then we need those that are on the same level so we can encourage each other and give each other the push to go to the next place. That's why we need those that are on the same level. Then we need those who are higher up because we're striving to do greater, right? Because we serve a royal God, right? We serve a mighty God, We serve an almighty God. We serve a God of power and strength and grace and mercy and wisdom and provision. He gives us everything that we need and the more. He doesn't just give us what we need. He always gives us more. Why would we not come together to pray to the Father that's going to give us more than enough, more than what we prayed for? And then while we're doing that, while we're talking about it, While you're in your upper room, while they were in the upper room. Again, I said that they were praying on one accord. So that means they were speaking the same language. They weren't speaking against each other. They were talking the same language. And the thing about it is because of the fact that they were on one accord, because of the fact that they were willing to humble themselves, because of the simple fact that they were willing to be obedient, the Lord blessed. Is that you? You need a breakthrough. You need some joy. You need peace. You need wisdom. Whether you're 99, whether you're 9, whether you're 9 months, we all need the Lord. We all need the Lord. I would be so glad when we get to the place. When we stop worrying about what people think, when we stop worrying about what people feel about our praise and our worship, if you think about what it is that you truly need and what your sister and your brother really needs, pray and praise your way through it, right? Get radical for him. You go to the games, you go to the malls, you go everywhere, and you're loud hollering, making sure that you get there, making sure that everybody hears you. But when it comes into the house of the Lord, there's a problem with saying, Lord, I thank you for my peace. Lord, I thank you for my joy. Lord, I thank you for bringing me out of bondage. Lord, I thank you that when I had the gun to my head and I tried to take my life, that you stopped me. God, you blocked it. For that, I say thank you, Lord. You're looking at me, but I noticed somebody in here that wanted to do it. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. You're a survivor. To God be the glory. The glory. We're on one accord. To God be the glory. We have a house of worship. To God be the glory. He has brought you out. To God be the glory He's provided for you. To God be the glory that you have a brother and a sister that's praying for you. To God be the glory that you have someone that loves you enough to help you fulfill your purpose in life. To God be the glory. God is doing a new thing, and we're afforded the opportunity to be able to witness the new thing that he's doing. But why is he doing it? Because he shifted the atmosphere here at 1905. Florida Street. He shifted the atmosphere through our social media apps. He shifted the atmosphere because we are called to an assignment in fulfilling the Great Commission, but we're filling the Great Commission by loving Jesus. We're healing people. We're serving Vallejo and the communities, and we are building the community. Y'all missed it. I said we are loving Jesus. We are healing people with our testimony. We are serving the community, and we are building the community. How are we doing that? Because we're on one accord, praying for the same thing, right? And it's okay to make your request known, because guess what? This is the safe place. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you have. In spite of what it feels like, there's someone that's able to help you. Someone understands you. Yes, you're grieving. We understand. Yes, you're homeless. Truly, we understand. Maybe you're having a financial struggle. Someone understands. Maybe you need a contract to be fulfilled. Maybe you need a contract approved. there's somebody that can intercede and pray for you and then turn that thing around by the time you get to the bank. But it's because we're on one accord praying for one another in support of one another. Beloveds, if you don't hear anything else on today, hear this. It's crucial. And it's critical to be in fellowship with your brothers and your sisters. It's crucial and it's critical to make sure that you digest the word of God. It's crucial and it's critical that you take the time to spend with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is the one. He has the plan. He told us that I have a plan. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. But there's a plan. And that plan should be fulfilled. But we've got to be the disciples that he's called for us to be. And how do we do that? We do that by loving, building, healing. Loving, building, and healing. You can stand to your feet now.